and welcome to The Charter, Queen's University Belfast's social charter podcast, highlighting the positive impact our students and staff have made and continue to make on our society. My name's Morris McCartney, and in this episode we're returning to the theme of sustainability. I'll be speaking to Professor John Barry and Dr Amanda Slevin of the School of History, Anthropology, Philosophy and Politics about their work with Belfast City Council in setting up the Belfast Climate Commission and with the Place-Based Climate Action Network, otherwise known as PCAN, though as John Barry has said elsewhere, it doesn't mean we're nuts. So let's turn to the said, very busy Professor Barry to tell us about his work with the City Council. You're involved with, well, an immense range of things, lots to do with sustainability, of course, climate change and all the rest. But one of the things that um, I'm interested in talking to you about is your involvement with Belfast City Council. So maybe you can... Yes. I I, um, co-chair the uh, Belfast Climate Commission, which is the uh, first on the island of Ireland of a city-wide commission. Um, I co-chaired that with the Commissioner for Resilience, uh, Grania Long from Belfast City Council. And effectively, it's a, a partnership between Queen's University Belfast and Belfast City Council looking at um, how do we decarbonise our city? How do we look at ways in which in- we can increase its climate um, resilience um, in the, the decades ahead, particularly how we can, as a city, meet the UK targets of net zero carbon emissions by 2050? And you get the sense that um, the City Council are very serious about this. They've put some resources into it, haven't they? And and they've sort of... Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, whether you judge it by the fact that at a very high level, we have a very senior council officer, the Commissioner for Resilience, Grania Long, and her uh, sustainability manager, Claire McKeown, uh, with whom I work very closely with, the fact that the City Council has now set up an all-party group on the climate crisis, and I addressed those uh, last October. And in fact, you know, the, uh, that Belfast City Council, like many other councils, including more recently the Northern Ireland Assembly, has declared a climate and ecological emergency. So certainly I think the, um, the City Council are taking this very, very seriously. Um, not least that the new uh, mayor of Belfast, uh, Daniel Baker, has made uh, climate action and particularly young people and climate action uh, a centrepiece of his year as mayor. Yeah, I think I, I saw recently on social media you were involved with the young people in, in this space in, in the City Council, is that right? Yes, um, last week I spoke to actually, it was the Queen's um, Students' Union who were meeting in the Chamber of Belfast City Council. So I was talking um, with them about issues of sustainability and congratulating them that they have now, um, through a campaign, through a group called the Climate Action Group that the students have set up and I've, I've been involved with, they have now got a referendum on a Green New Deal for the university, you know, committing ourselves as a university to become leaders in climate resilience and decarbonisation, including that we have to completely divest from fossil fuels. So there are, you know, challenges in there for us as a university. But I think that challenge function and and, and being, you know, uh, having our feet held to the fire as academics and as an institution is good in this space because we have an urgent task ahead of us in terms of moving away from a carbon-based energy system And before people think that this is just about, you know, what we drive in our cars or where we get electricity, when you change the energy system, almost every other system in society changes. 
you know, food, for example, how we travel uh, and so on. So this is a major structural change in the economy we're talking about. And the job of the commission is to try and find what are the cheapest and, and most cost effective ways in which we can move towards the, uh, a, a renewable energy future. But also it's going to reduce our biggest uh, carbon em emissions. And certainly from some of the baseline studies we've done on the commission, we've realized that we're extremely car dependent. So that's a major question about how do we, you know, enhance mobility for our citizens, but don't lock us into a carbon-based energy system. But also seeing, and this is a very prominent issue in the Belfast uh, City um, perspective and also in the Commission's view, we must tackle fuel poverty. You know, the way, we cannot see a way of, of galvanizing our local citizens here if we say, you know, make these changes for the sake of the planet and so on. It really has to be this is going to help their lives, improve their lives. We can improve air quality if we move away from our dependence upon internal combustion engine uh, fuel cars. But also, as I say, we need to find ways of making sure our people, particularly our vulnerable citizens, uh, you know, particularly older people, but people on low income, on welfare, who are in very, very badly insulated houses and who are effectively heating the street. They you know they're spending more than 10% of their income simply trying to heat themselves. And we speak today on a very cold day. And it's awful to think that, you know, our city, and we are an affluent uh, city, that there are people in our society tonight who are wondering, should I heat or eat? Mm. So these are the very practical issues that this commission is, is set up to do. It's not a talking shop. It's about trying to come up with an agreement between city council, academic research, businesses. We have friends of the earth are involved and so on, entrepreneurs, about how can we collectively come together to deal with these questions. Yeah, because you, you were saying about... It's not a matter of asking people to, as individuals to sacrifice, you know, to make sacrifices, which leads me to the question of a just transition. I know you've talked about this before, and um, it's a very a key theme, I suppose, in sustainability circles. Maybe you could just explain that kind of concept a little bit. Yes. I mean, so the just transition idea is that effectively it is inevitable now that we're going to have to make this transition beyond the carbon-based future. But whether that transition is just is not inevitable. It could be a very in, uh, unequal and unjust transition where those in low income lose out because they're paying higher prices for renewable electricity or indeed at the other end, workers displaced in the fossil fuel sector, they're left unemployed. So to put it very simply, the just transition is how can we ensure that nobody's left behind, that everybody gains as much as possible from moving away from an oil and coal and gas-based energy system? And we've already mentioned one at the consumption end, that our citizens should not be paying more. They should be benefiting from, a, you know, uh, having, you know, better insulated houses, you know, paying less for locally produced renewable electricity and so on. But also then, what are we going to do with uh, the workers and communities that have been uh, shaped and that they depend upon fossil fuels? You know, we don't have the, the, you know, the issues you have in other countries like, you know, displaced oil workers or displaced coal workers. But there will be jobs and sectors in our society that will simply no longer be possible as we make this transition. And one of the advantages of the just transition perspective is that it's an honest recognition. There are going to be costs and benefits. There are going to be winners and losers. And the key issue is how do we compensate displaced fossil fuel industries? How do we, um, you know, compensate people whose jobs are no longer possible in terms of retraining, relocation, and so on? So the just transition, I think, is an important way of explaining the, uh, you know, this is not going to be easy. 
but we have the technologies, we have the policies in place. What we need is to get democratic support. And I think this is a very honest way of recognising that where there will be problems, we need to be make, attendant above all to make sure that the most vulnerable are not uh, negatively impacted. And I guess the, 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 the Council and the uh, Climate Commission itself is, is very cognizant and aware of those, those sorts of issues and will be tailoring the policies to... To, to address those sorts of inequalities? Uh, absolutely. I mean, the way the Commission is set up, we've um, about 14 commissioners uh, as the core group, and then we've set up three working groups, one of which is uh, the Just Transition Working Group, which I head up. So this is absolutely going to be a front and centre issue uh, because unlike the other cities involved in this PECAN project, which are Edinburgh and Leeds, the profile of Belfast is very different in terms of our carbon footprint. Most of our carbon footprint is in domestic space heating and also then in our car dependence. This is not the pattern you find in other cities. And both of these uh, raise issues of making sure that the, that the marginalised, those who are on, on low income, are not negatively impacted. And then, of course, the, uh, if you're going to address that issue of heating, you're talking about insulation so that there would be jobs that could be created in that space as well. So it's not a matter of just taking away jobs. It's, it's also going to create... Absolutely. And that's where the just transition is connected to a, a kind of a, a probably a better known idea of the Green New Deal, that we can provide non outsourceable green jobs of employing particularly young people, picking the needs category, you know, those between 16 and 24 that are not in education, employment or training. We should be training those young people to go in and insulate our houses. This would provide jobs provide jobs that uh, often with people in these sectors they would spend locally so there's a local multiplier effect in terms of economic benefits to to Belfast it keeps people uh, safe and warm they're no longer spending as much money on heating improves their quality of life including you know education we know uh, for a fact that when you are living in a badly heated house, everything from mould, respiratory problems, this can impact on young people in terms of their learning. So this will have improved learning outcomes. And then, of course, as a Brucey bonus, it's going to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. So this is a, you know, with a quadruple win. So for me, this is um, an important point to make, is that in the transition away from oil, coal and gas, there are multiple benefits to be gained. It isn't a sacrificial it's about, you know, in other words, it's about what we're losing. It's about we're replacing our energy system with a better one that's going to have a lot more benefits, including, for example, uh, air quality in Belfast and, and theirs is very problematic. It's been raised by some councillors and so on in Belfast City Council, particularly in North Belfast. And it's largely to do with people burning solid fuel, uh, whether that's, you know, peat or coal in particular, uh, but also our dependence upon uh, privatised um, you know, internal combustion engine for transport. So moving away from, you know, space heating using solid fuel and also then, you know, having a, a more determined look at a, an efficient, cheap, affordable, convenient public transportation system for Belfast is a way that we can improve uh, air quality, which is going to improve people's lives. And the, the Climate Commission is, is uh, going to be a very active uh, player in terms of this. I wonder, if, does that also uh, tie into anything in the pipeline in terms of a city deal or any of those big funded projects? Well, certainly there, there are two major um, policies or strategies where the Commission has already identified we want to have an input into. One is the um, 
the city's resilience strategy, which has just been launched and is out for consultation, because that's going to be an important part of how do you make our, our city climate resilient, but it's also about how do you make it economically resilient to, you know, what happens if there's another global financial crisis, for example, how resilient is Belfast to respond to that? And certainly that's something the Commission is going to have some input into. But you mentioned the city deal. I mean, we have a Belfast region city deal. Uh, and at the moment, uh, it is disappointing to see that there's not much in terms of renewable energy, sustainability and so on. So one of the proposals, and again, this is, I'm not speaking on behalf of the Commission. I'm not even speaking on be, uh, as co-chair, but my own view, which I'll be making to the Commission at our, our uh, next meeting, is that we as a Commission should look at the Belfast city deal and identify where in the delivery of many of the projects, some of which involves Queen's, because Queen's is a signatory to the Belfast City deal. How can we begin to see that uh, there, are, there should be low carbon options as the first option for the delivery of jobs strategy, for example? Um, and that's something that we're going to be looking at in terms of, again, this is not a research project. It is about, it's an action project. How are we going to make it an actual difference based on the evidence and the best available information that we have? So... In term, well, what are the next steps then in, in terms of the Commission what, and what is the plan going forward? Well, aligned to the PECAN project, the Place-Based Climate Action Network that I know you're going to be speaking to my colleague Amanda Slevin about, uh, one key issue that we are going to identify as a priority is the financing. Where are we going to find the finance, the capital to move in a decarbonised direction for our city? And we've already had one workshop here at Queen's, very uh, well attended in terms of local banks, we also had uh, Professor Nick Robbins from the London School of Economics, who's part of the PECAN project. He's a, an expert in, in green finance. And looking at the private finance, uh, what about the idea of the you know, local councils, not just Belfast, but providing green bonds to enable people to retrofit their homes and so on? Can capital be found there? And one issue that came out of that meeting, and again, it's an issue that the Commission uh, will have to think further about, is that we didn't have any representatives of the credit unions at that meeting. And yet they are probably uniquely Irish, Northern Irish um, feature in terms of many people are members of the credit union and they have a lot of assets. So, you know, the, as we move forward, we're going to have to start engaging with credit unions uh, and also our pension schemes as well. But these are sources of capital that should ideally be funding you know, shovel-ready green projects that will decarbonise the city, enhance our climate resilience and so on. So certainly that finance element is going to be really, really crucial because um, without that, uh, this will all be uh, a bit like, as I often say, the Irish football team, although other teams are available. It's great on paper and it sounds lovely, but no good on grass. This is about delivery on action and for that we're going to need to look at innovative ways of raising the finance to fuel and fund this just transition. Thank you very much for the neat segue into uh, the other half of uh, this podcast. And thank you very much for everything else, Professor John Barry. My pleasure. Thank you, Morris. My name is Amanda Slevin. I'm the Policy Fellow with the Place-Based Climate Action Network. And my role is to support the development of Belfast Climate Commission. Um, so Belfast Climate Commission um, is part of the Place-Based Climate Action Network. Um, which is a UK-wide network and um, funded by the Economic and Social Research Council. So working with our partners in Leeds University, um, Edinburgh and London, we are looking at how we can translate climate policy into action on the ground in key areas of the UK. 
So as part of what we're doing at PCAN, we're setting up three city climate commissions and also thematic platforms that are looking at business and finance. So these different strands are all about affecting change um, at a city level. Uh, and here in Belfast, we have set up Belfast Climate Commission, which is a really exciting initiative and partnership with key stakeholders across the public, private and third sectors. So as part of Belfast Climate Commission, um, we have set up three working groups. One is business and finance, another is just transition, and the third working group is the Community Climate Action Working Group, and I chair the Community Climate Action Working Group. So that builds on, I suppose, my experience in learning in adult education and community development, but also the relationships we have developed with partners in the community and voluntary sector um, in Belfast. So we were looking at how we can actually really implement climate action in and with communities across Belfast. And you've started that work already. You've started some workshops or you're mm -hmm. reaching out to meet uh, community groups now. Yes. So we're doing a combination of these things. Um, we had our first workshop in January. So that was a workshop on community energy. Um, and we invited Dr. Julie MacArthur from the University of um, Auckland to come and facilitate a workshop around energy democracy and uh, community energy broadly in the city. So we had a brilliant workshop. We had a really interesting range of stakeholders some civil servants, some community activists, some people who are involved with um, renewable energy. But a really interesting range of about 40 people participated in that workshop, which is helping us set the agenda for key priorities for community action in Belfast. So that's one part of what we're doing. We're also establishing and developing our community climate action working group. So the minute we have representatives from Friends of the Earth, Northern Ireland Environment Link, um, and a range of other NGOs and, and community voluntary groups, and we're looking at how we can develop practical community climate action used through activities in communities. So our workshop is based in Queens. And that was fantastic. Communities came into us. But we want to set up an initiative where we have place-based action in four geographical areas of Belfast. So north, south, east and west. We want to support the development of community climate action networks where groups from diverse backgrounds are coming together and identifying needs in their community and collectively developing responses to community to sorry to climate breakdown in their area. So that's a work under progress. We're looking at piloting our initiative in North Belfast. So we're working with the Duncairn Centre for Arts and Culture and also with um, Friends of the Earth to look at how we can pilot an initiative that involves bringing communities together, particularly in conflicted areas like North Belfast and Interface area, bringing together people from across various communities and looking at collectively taking action through, it might be educational activities, workshops, hopefully we'll see concrete actions, maybe like uh, shared renewable energy, uh, drive for maybe retrofitting of houses, um, but we want it to be community-based and, and come from the grassroots up rather than us saying this needs to happen. We want it to be coming from the communities. So this is part of what we're doing. We have uh, brilliant ideas, uh, great enthusiasm, and now the challenge is to put that into practice uh, with communities across the city. It's fantastic. Sounds like it's really, it's Queen's <coughs> really getting involved in the community, getting down to the grassroots level and, and hands-on practical action. Abs well. Absolutely. Um, Queen's has been great in terms of its social charter of engaging with groups across the city. But we want to do something different that is taking the university out and making it accessible to communities, particularly communities where, you know, people may have left school early, where there may not be such a history of, um, of going on to university. We want to be based and working with these communities to make education accessible, to make 
different forms of knowledge accessible, but also to offer programs that respect the knowledge that communities already have. Sometimes we think in academia that it, we're only that we are the experts, that we know everything, but we don't know what it's like to live in different areas, to experience different issues. We don't have that knowledge that communities have themselves. So when we're looking at how we can have climate action in communities, we need an approach that is respectful and encompasses the knowledge and experience of communities. And that also benefits from the research that we do around climate change and all these other socio-ecological issues to come together in a form of unity to, to do some to, to undertake new and exciting um, programs because that's what we need. We need collaboration, we need recognition of different forms of expertise, we need to be accessible um, if we we're going to respond to climate change um, at different levels. So it's almost like a co-designed kind of a project, a collaborative approach between community and, and academics, researchers and so forth. Mm-hmm. I think you, you also, you've been on a road trip, haven't you? You've, you've been doing the rounds of all these cities. Yes. Well, John and I, we've talked about, um, you know, how can we learn from what's already happening in our, our partner studies? So um, I undertook a grand tour of Pecan Partners. Um, so I spent 10 days visiting our partners across the UK, beginning with Edinburgh. Um, so in Edinburgh, the Centre for um, Carbon Innovation is part of the University of, of Edinburgh, are working with Edinburgh City Council and other stakeholders to establish the Edinburgh Climate Commission. So I was um, I met with colleagues in the Edinburgh Centre for Carbon Innovation and also Edinburgh City Council to look at how they're evolving, how are they taking account of place-specific needs to develop a climate uh, commission that will really affect change across the city, in line with their existing commitments by the City Council, but also the Scottish Government more broadly. So it was really interesting to see a commission that is really still in the early stages of how it's evolving and how it's bringing on different partners on board. Um, after Edinburgh, I went to Leeds, and um, it was a fantastic opportunity to be in Leeds, because Leeds led, has led the way in terms of climate commissions. So Leeds set up the UK's first climate commission in 2017. Um, so when I was there, I had the opportunity to spend some time with our colleague, Professor Andy Goldson, um, and colleagues in Edinburgh University, who have helped set up the commission. Um, so again, seeing how they have brought together different actors, um, how they have set the agenda for climate action across the city, and looking at their successes over the last couple of years. So Edinburgh Climate Commission has been a really fruitful partnership between the University of Leeds and also uh, um, Leeds City Council and key organisations as well. And they've had brilliant successes. They have had um, various agenda setting days. They've had published policy papers. They've had a lot of engagement with the wider city as well um, through climate conversations, um, through a recent event I participated in, which was called State of the City. Um, so these events are bringing together members of communities, they're bringing together policymakers, businesses, all these different agendas to look at how we can have a, a collective movement for change at a city level. So it was really exciting to see in practice what's happening in Leeds. Um, for example, the State of the City event that I participated in, which is amazing energy in the room. So it was hosted by Leeds City Council and had such a, a diverse range of stakeholders there who were all committed to driving climate action in Leeds. Leeds has committed to uh, net zero carbon by 2030. So they're leading the way. They're actually ahead of the UK government's agenda of net zero carbon by 2050. So the city's really proactively looking at where can uh, key sources of greenhouse gas emissions be 
reduced and also looking at how communities can adapt to climate change. Um, so it's a really exciting initiative and it's underpinned by research that has been conducted by our colleagues in Leeds. So our colleagues um, have, con- have created many stair interviews essentially for Edinburgh, Leeds and Belfast. Um, we're, we're looking at the main source of greenhouse gas emissions as a basis for how we can develop decarbonisation pathways. So in Leeds, it was really exciting to see how they are doing that, how they are taking key actions based on their ministerial review um, and how they are not afraid to be critical. So one recent um, outcome of Leeds Climate Commission was their position paper on the um, Bradford Airport uh, expansion. And basically saying that if we are to respond to climate change, we cannot continue to grow air travel. We have to look at how air travel can be reduced. Um, so it was really interesting to see how they are not afraid to to be critical, to use science to really establish key areas for change. Um, and then after Leeds, so I spent a few days in Leeds meeting various different colleagues who are involved in research and climate action across the city, um, particularly within the university. And then I went to the London School of Economics and Political Science, which is the lead applicant for the PCAN network. Um, so again, a brilliant opportunity to meet colleagues who are engaged in supporting climate change mitigation and adaptation, who are involved in using the research to influence policy, uh, and also looking at how we can strengthen our network, our key partners of Belfast, Leeds, uh, London and Edinburgh. So it's a really fantastic trip to see about what's happening you know, across our partner organisations, but also to look at how we can further develop our activities in Belfast. Um, so as part of Belfast Climate Commission, we're establishing um, a finance platform and a business platform. So the two platforms actually will run across the UK where we're looking at having our different organisations um, really drive agendas in relation to finance and business. So the finance platform is really focused on how to mobilise finance to actually fund a just transition. And as part of our finance platform, we had a workshop in January where Professor Nick Robbins and Will Irwin from the London School of Economics, two of our partners in PECAN, came to Belfast and facilitated a fantastic workshop around how finance can support a just transition in Northern Ireland and the UK. So we brought together a wide range of stakeholders, including investors, civil servants, uh, representatives, senior people from banks, building societies, credit unions, to look at how do we actually finance a just transition in Northern Ireland. So that was a really exciting um, event, which is leading to further events as well. So now we're planning a follow-up workshop in the coming months, which will look at, okay, we know that we need to generate finance to support a just transition. So where do we get that? Where does that money come from? And um, where do we, where is it, where, how do we prioritise action and where do we put that money as well? So that is ongoing piece of work that's happening through the finance platform of, of PCAN broadly. Um, and that's going to be a key strand as we go forward. Um, alongside that, we have a business platform that's under development as well. So the business platform is led by Dr. Alice Owen from the University of Leeds. And with the business platform, we're looking at how do we bring together businesses within the city and the city region um, to begin making a transition. So how can businesses make changes themselves? How can they collectively respond to the climate crisis? 
So those are really exciting pieces of work that are happening um, in tandem with the development of Belfast Climate Commission and our various working groups. So through the Commission and our working groups and our thematic platforms, we're really looking at how we can achieve climate action at a macro level of policy, society and economy, but also at meso and micro levels. So working in and with communities to bring about collective changes and also individual changes to respond to the climate ecological crises. Sounds fantastic. Um, I just you, this a phrase you used, uh, the sort of mini Stern mm-hmm. report. That was very that's intriguing. Yeah. Um, I wonder, are these sorts of reports going to be made available on the website or? Absolutely. Yeah. So we're in the process of finalising the data for the mini Stern review for Belfast, and we're hoping that will be published in the coming weeks. So that's that is a really exciting resource that that we want to share with people. You know, we don't see our work as as being tied into some ivory tower. The whole purpose of PECAN is to take knowledge, to take our research and make it accessible so that we can collectively work together to bring about change um, across the city, across Northern Ireland. So yes, we will be uh, sharing those resources. And we're also open to groups that are interested coming to us and talking about what they'd like to do. So if it's groups within the Belfast city area, you know, can they become involved with some of our working groups? Can they become involved with the commission? But also we're open to talking to other other um, cities that may be interested in implementing um, a climate commission. So Belfast Climate Commission is the first on this island. But as we can see with our partners um, in England, they are also supporting other commissions that are looking to become established. So various cities have approached Leeds Climate Commission and said, OK, what, I do, what have you done? How can we uh, do something similar? And in Belfast, we're open to supporting that, uh, as are our wider PECAN networks, because we want to see this sort of model across these islands so that we're able to drive real transformative climate action that we need if we have any chance to respond to climate breakdown. Very good. That's, uh, that sounds excellent and something to look forward to. So, Dr. Amanda Slevin, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Boris. Find out more about the Social Charter at our website, qub.ac.uk slash social hyphen charter. <laughs>